It's time for All Hands on Tech. Climb on board as hosts Amina and Isaac explore all the amazing things happening in Nova Scotia's tech sector. Each episode, we will chat with local experts to uncover the secrets of what makes Nova Scotia the best place for collaboration, innovation, and creativity. All Hands on Tech is proudly produced by Digital Nova Scotia, the industry association for Nova Scotia's growing tech sector. As tech evolves, the demand for talent grows alongside it, and there is always room for new perspective and experiences. Today, Amina and I are chatting with Mary Hodgett, a project manager at Axis Capital, whose passion for learning and unique background allowed her to have a different perspective on the world of tech. Thank you so much. So, uh, Mary, maybe tell us a little bit about yourself, and if you can share a little bit about Axis as well, that'd be great. Sure. Um, So, I'm originally from the Maritimes. So... Born in New Brunswick, moved to Nova Scotia when I was 10, and then was basically raised here. Um, And I'll get into my journey, let's call it through my 20s, Yeah, (laughs) Um, which was uh, pretty eventful and very much, um, you know, reflects my journey through tech and how I got into it and everything. But um, yeah, I mean, I've lived abroad, worked abroad, uh, worked in Toronto for a few years, and then pandemic hit, and I think classic story, you know, you're like, it's time. It's time to, like, go home, and, you know, yeah. so, like, so many of my friends did, came home and lived with my mom for a year, you know how it goes. Love and, that. You know, just kind of started over in Halifax, so been loving that, and... So I started working for Axis Capital, it's gonna be two years ago in November. And so Axis is an insurance company, but more specifically, it's a specialty insurance company. So what that means is that it writes business for very complex and high risk um, events that could happen. Um, And there's also this other segment of the business, which is reinsurance that for those that don't know, and I did not know this when I started working there, it's insurance for insurance companies. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So Hmm. inception of insurance. Yeah. (laughs) I honestly didn't know that was a a thing. Yeah. Yeah. You would assume you would need it. Right. They need to be covered. Yeah. Because they take on so much risk. Yeah. So, um, What's going on in Halifax with relation to Axis is that they set up a tech hub here, mm-hmm. in, which is now 200 plus employees. And they their mandate was to bring the builds in-house. So we, we work on building digital solutions for the operations of the company. Um, so for the underwriters, for the underwriting assistants, um, and we do that for our global offices, which are in New York, um, London, Bermuda, Zurich. Um, yeah, so it's definitely got a big presence. So that's kind of the focus of what we do at BTC, which mm-hmm. is the Business Technology Center of Access. Super cool. And what's what's your role in particular? I'm a project manager. Cool. Yeah. And so as a project manager, this is a very basic question, mm-hmm. but like, what do you manage? Or who do you manage, I guess, it might be a better question depending on your role. Yeah, I think that the, you're right. The better question is what do I manage? So it's, um, say we get a mandate for this is what we're trying to achieve. So mm-hmm. there might be 
um, well, there's goals and objectives, right? So we want to increase the number of, in, you know, submissions coming to us by this amount and automating some of these processes. So then my role is to get the project, so achieving that goal, stood up, making sure that we have the people to do it, the time to do it, the budget, and making sure that it's all achieved. So the classic way of describing project management is on time, within scope, yep. <laughs> within budget, yep. right? Um, so that's what I do. And so I don't actually manage anybody, but okay. I'm the coordinator for all of those processes. For all the projects. Yeah. Sweet. Really cool. Okay. Let's do some um, rapid fire questions right. just to continue warming things up um so anything the first thing that comes to mind when we ask you the question just pop it out um do you like to be the passenger or the driver tough passenger i guess yeah okay cape breton highlands or annapolis valley annapolis valley whoa oh, that was very fast that was <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was like an, uh, that was a str why for my people you know yeah. <laughs> yeah so my mom lives in annapolis valley yeah i have a lot of people there are you acadian or i am not okay no. you said you're from new brunswick so i was like mm, yeah no Canadian? no i'm not yeah. but yeah good cool. question all right what was your dream job when you were growing up to be a spy Ooh. i love that yeah i used to ride around local neighborhoods on my on my bike and use my little like walkie talkie. <laughs> Who was on the other end of the walkie talkie? Well, it was actually called a yik yak or something or a ah. yak. I don't know. It was just a voice recorder. Yeah. I, used to... <laughs> I, <don't... laughs> I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So we already discussed a little bit about what Access Capital is, but uh, mm -hmm. why did Halifax, in particular, if you if you know the answer, stand out as the perfect location for your business technology center? I think that, well, I know that one of the things that they value so much about Halifax is the significant pool of talent that's coming out of the universities right now. Mm. Um, so our organization loves to um, seek out opportunities to partner with universities as well as, you know, community colleges. Um, and I imagine that they're also doing that more broadly in the Maritimes as well. So mm -hmm. primarily it is to do with um, kind of the startup culture that's going on here. Yes. Because um, there's lots of activity in the digital space right now. But it's very much capitalizing on the global talent that is choosing to come here to Halifax. Yeah. Nice. Okay. That makes a ton of sense. Capital pursuits. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you have a degree in history from Dalhousie. Mm -hmm. um, so what was what was that transition into the the world of tech? Because I mean, history and insurance project management. Yeah. <laughs> There's definitely a gap there. So what made you take yeah. that that leap, and what was that like? So um, when I graduated from university, I was pretty directionless. I would say. I, um, you know, I even stopped going to university when mm. I was at 20, I think. So I did a year and a half in and I had always been very academically driven. Mm. And then I just kind of 
lost the direction for a bit in university Mm -hmm. and really I just you know took tons of different courses in science and history and art and all these different things um and trying to find my passion you know yeah (laughs) I think we all try to do to align our passion with what we're gonna do for work and um I wasn't really getting there so I you know, just decided I'm just going to graduate with what I have, the most courses that I have. History, great. Um, Get me out of here. And I started working in serving. So I served for a few years. I was working at the shoe shop, actually. A tale as old as time. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Listen, it starts somewhere. I think everyone, either it's like a banquet serving, a serving, or like a retail job. Oh, yeah. That's like, that's our our generation. That's what we do. Like, we're the most educated servers ever. Make good money on tips. So we have that in mind. And Halifax is one of the best places to do it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I was, you know, I didn't know what I was going to do. I was like, oh, my gosh, I really want to use my brain. Um, Just kind of torturing myself over what my next step was going to be. And then my dad was renting out his his house on Airbnb. Mm -hmm. And he asked me to pass the keys over to the person that was coming to stay. And... I got there and there was this woman who was just so um, vibrant and she clearly had so much cool going on, <laughs> you know? Um, she was a film director wow. and told me about this. She lived in Nairobi, Nairobi, Kenya, and she nice. told me that she also had like a side tech project. and she seemed really willing to talk to me. So I kind of asked her for some advice on what to do. And eventually she said, well, you know, you could maybe like check out what I'm doing and come and volunteer and spend Mm -hmm. some time doing that. So I started to volunteer with the Tech Project, which was a small mobile app company based out of Nairobi. And it was a, a crowdsourcing app. So Mm. it was designed for people who lived kind of off the grid, like out of mm, in places that don't have any connection. Wow. Don't have any Wi-Fi, you know. Um, And so the idea is that people would be able to use this media app to capture verifiable evidence of development issues happening on the ground. Wow. wow. So that's a really interesting project. That's really it cool. Was, yeah, it was really, um, really interesting, very challenging, um, very educational for me. Mm-hmm. Because what I ended up doing was moving to Nairobi Whoa. after volunteering for maybe six months. That's amazing. Just working through, like, on the computer, learning the app. Um, learning how to filter through the database, like very basic tasks. And then she said, I need someone to come out and like learn how to do what I'm doing. Would you come out? And, you know, I think I was 24 at the time. Wasn't doing much. I was like, yes. Yeah. (laughs) So it was very lucky. 
I don't think those opportunities come along very often. No, yeah. Um, it definitely gave me a head start. My title was project manager. Wow. Didn't know what that meant at the time. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I learned so much from the experience in terms of learning about, you know, the world and my place in it. I lived out there for two years and wow. traveled around and worked in different um, countries on the continent. But what I really enjoyed the most was actually working with the developers. So we had a small tech team there. Mm. One was a mobile app developer, one was a maps developer, GIS mm -hmm. stuff. Um, and then one was like a website developer. And I just loved that process. So that kind of gave me direction as to yeah. continuing with the tech industry mm -hmm. because when I left that job, I was thinking, mm, I could continue in international development. Mm -hmm. What a cool life that would be, mm -hmm. you know, to travel the world and help people or you know think I'm helping people <laughs> and um but I just thought to myself no I really like this process of getting into like the nitty-gritty details learning about the tech working with technologists so that that is how I got into it mm -hmm. um yeah and I I mean I really went for it I really <laughs> yeah I really asked her for an opportunity she didn't just offer it I asked for it and you know That's we awesome. made it happen but uh you know you can only take as many chances as you can you know yeah. you gotta mm. you gotta put yourself out there to especially you know I I'm not gonna go into depth about my background but I I come from like social sciences which is absolutely mm. nothing to do with tech or stem but I've been working within stem for like six mm. years and it's just you get an opportunity to like get your foot in the door mm -hmm. and then you're like heck yeah I love this like this is super thrilling this is super exciting like I see myself in this role and in this sector now and mm -hmm. once you get that you're like addicted mm -hmm. yeah and i think it expounds on what i think we've been speaking to for a few episodes now is that you don't necessarily have to have a super intricate background yeah in a tech cookie, to cookie work cutter. in tech yeah, yeah you don't have to be a developer or a coder or any of that like you can be somebody who, <laughs> who went to nairobi and had a history degree and then found herself just passionate about about the tech industry and then and so when you got back from Nairobi is was access your next step or no so mm. I went to Toronto because okay. I thought oh that's probably the best tech hub in Canada that I can go to mm. um, so I went there I got a job as a digital project manager for a startup mm. um, for an arts organization so yes. we were building a makerspace in downtown Toronto and I was setting up kind of the portal through which people would interact with the space would buy their memberships would you know sign up for various programs so and there was a, also a space access management to that so the fob key system and all that yeah. and that was a really great opportunity for me and that again you know i <laughs> i thought to myself okay well i already have this project manager title on my resume let me just sell myself as that mm -hmm. absolutely Again, yeah didn't really know what it actually meant <laughs> but i think even with like so many project manager titles and especially like 
that's kind of why I ask because it really depends on mm -hmm. the role. Like sometimes you're managing people, sometimes you are quite literally just managing projects, but it's really like what you make of it. It's such a Completely. vast role. Yes. So Yeah. And I'm yeah, I'm learning that there's it is your style, what you like to do. So do you like to get into the details? Mm -hmm. Do you like to just think more strategically? Um or just support in terms of, you know, a, supporting the team to accomplish their tasks, things yeah. like that. And it is up to you. And for yourself, what would you consider to be the importance of continued learning within technology? Obviously, the, you know, the easiest answer would be that technology is moving so quickly and I think for people that are technical certainly keeping on top of that but um, I can more speak to the role of non-technical people mm -hmm. like myself and it's important to always challenge yourself and stay inspired within your role of course but I think that it's good for you to do that in a very strategic and pointed way as well so you know I I'm a big advocate for certifications mm -hmm. so I for example didn't get a master's I decided to just do my PMP mm -hmm. which is the project management professional certificate for those that don't know um, and I did that after my role in Toronto um, and that's when it kind of all started fitting together, like, oh, I've been doing that wrong forever. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what I find is that it's a lot of these certificates are specialist certificates. Mm -hmm. So it is like you can do a P like the PMP or the equivalent of the business analyst or even, you know, an intro cybersecurity um certificate and then that's what you are mm -hmm. rather than maybe going to do an MBA and being exposed to many of these roles and things and thinking yeah. you know oh maybe I'll want to do that and maybe I'll want to do that no no you have the cert you have the title that is now what you are mm -hmm. and the opportunities are absolutely there to capitalize on and they're you know they're so much more economical as well yeah yeah. I bet. Are there any specific certica certifications that you think helped you out in the tech um, industry? Well, I only, well, actually, yeah. So I have the PMP, which is the main, the main one. The go-to, yeah. The right. go-to. And then I also got a cert from Brain Station in Toronto that was about product management. And that also taught me a lot. Nice. Um, so that stuff was great. I mean, look, if someone wants to offer to send me to a coding boot camp for a month <laughs> and pay my expenses, I would be happy to do that. So awesome. Yeah. Send the offers my way. Yeah. No, and, and, and a lot of it comes down to uh, to time and cost with mm -hmm. those types of things, because I'm sure everyone could use a, you know, an HTML, CSS, PHP, what right. have you, you know, certificate. But uh, my goodness, it takes so long to do some of them. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I should also say that I didn't, um, I was on a shoestring budget for, <laughs> you know, all of my 20s, frankly. Yeah. And uh, so I decided to not go to 
a PMP course, right? So I did it by not paying anything for an online course, filling the requirements that you need to in order to then apply, um, but self-studied the whole thing. Mm. So it took me probably six months to prepare. The The exam was four hours. Yeah. And, you know, you have a couple of tries. You just go in and do it. And it was well worth my time. Um, and now what's so cool is that working at Axis, I feel like all of the pieces of what I've learned are starting to fall into place. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So you're saying access is kind of like insurance for insurance as well. There's mm. that layer to it. Um, and what do you think is one of the things that um, is important about insurance and tech? Like what, what, where do you see the importance? I know I kind of just like um, sideswiped you. Yeah. Yeah. Really good question. No, it's a really good question because I know there are coverages that cover huge breaches of you know information loss Mm -hmm. so that is you know insurance is hugely important to that um but then if you flip the question as well and you say like how is tech important to insurance i mean just look at the you know the cybersecurity right (laughs) issues you know and so many i mean the the number of threats that happen every month would astound you. I think those are both both yeah. pretty pretty it, strong points because it, everything we have now is is in a some sort of data system online. We're not using filing cabinets anymore, right? Yeah. So it's 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 really essential that we we have a way to protect people's confidential information. Yeah. yeah. And if if I can jump in really quickly too, the fact that um, you know, out of every industry in our sector. I'd say insurance has to be one of the top three or four that has to be the most adaptable to anything and everything happening because insurance has to ensure (laughs) that they're protecting the community and the people that they're serving. Yeah. So they really have to be on top of that. Yeah. It's really interesting that you say that because I think that, you know, I've certainly had friends who don't really know anything about the industry say oh you know you're working for you know the man or whatever and (laughs) you know it's actually what similar to what you've said a service and an essential service to our way of life now I mean look at all this the climate stuff that's happening yeah like we cover cat losses yeah catastrophes you know so it's like this service can help people deal with the biggest issues of our time and I had never really thought about that until I started working for Axis and I heard our CEO um, say that and I was I was thinking gosh that's so true yeah so good point yeah no I, I I've absolutely heard people say the same thing or even people within our generation saying um, oh I don't need life insurance or I don't need mm. you know x and y insurance and i'm like you probably do you're just not thinking about it because it's not that relevant to you right now but Mm -hmm, come 40 years when it becomes very relevant that yes i should be getting life insurance Mm -hmm. and you know think of like think of like where we're recording right now like these mics our laptops in front of us Mm -hmm. all this intellectual property our intellectual property all this equipment that we're putting into a simple like podcast mm -hmm. episode if those aren't insured and something goes terribly wrong and all of that is lost you know what are what are we putting in place to make sure that we we're able to retrieve that stuff or, yeah. or, or get yeah. that back 
And it's, you know, after living in a society for a few years where many of my friends can't access things like that, can't access insurance, can't get a credit card, Mm -hmm. don't have a bank account, you know? It really makes you think, yeah, I mean, they certainly wouldn't be able to get insurance, you know? they. So it does open up possibilities for how people live their lives and what they're protected against. Yeah. So segueing into the next question, ever so, not so casually, (laughs) um, how can young individuals interested in the wild world of tech seek and find the perfect opportunity, especially those kind of with a similar background to yourself that might be in those non-technical roles? I mean, I think that obviously you know, talk to everybody. I mean, these are the obvious answers, yeah. right? Talk, network, ask people about what they do. <laughs> That's how yours unfolded, serendipity. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. who knew giving the keys to your dad's, like, Airbnb right. client? <laughs> it is true. <laughs> and take I you mean, to Nairobi. Yeah. And I definitely also wouldn't recommend doing what I did. I just think it was highly risky <laughs> <laughs> and just not, yeah. I mean, it's it's hard to recommend to people to do things like that. Um, but I think looking at some of the programs that are offered – now um like sure you can look at the community college i i always think doing it the most economically and sustainably that you can is the best so you don't have to sink a lot of money into going and getting like a four-year degree in something technical right in order to become to even get your foot in the door Mm -hmm. but i know that there's tons of programs that you can apply for nowadays that are fully funded so, you know, the government of Canada, they will pour money into things that are extremely important. So, for example, um, you know, there are cybersecurity programs out there right now that are fully funded and wanting to get people of diverse backgrounds um, that have no experience in the field at all in the door. Yeah. So definitely keep up to date on that kind of stuff spend some time doing a cert. I mean, what I would love to see would be more companies doing outreach to high school students. I don't Mm. think that you need to have a university degree necessarily. Oh boy. To, you know. (laughs) Controvert, hot hot take. Yeah. (laughs) I don't, not not to do some of the supportive work that needs yeah. to take place in these environments well and i don't want to self promo by any degree but I was gonna, uh, I, you and i are in the same i, I was just about to do the it, same way so like, go but, ahead um, <laughs> i mean we have our skills for hire program or skills for hire atlantic program and are also our get into it program and their mm-hmm. entry level opportunities for individuals either of underrepresented communities or individuals who might not have had the funding to be able to afford to go to university because that's a huge mm-hmm. barrier and people don't recognize that like not everyone can pay 50 to sixty thousand no dollars for can. a four-year program you know it's 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 important to you know look at all of your options and to be open-minded with that stuff because I think especially I'll go back at it uh, especially with our generation our parents taught us you go to university you take a degree that is sustainable that you can get a job with as soon as you graduate and if you don't do that then you need to figure your stuff out yeah but, but the model no longer works we it have doesn't. to, it's we not have to sustainable. Re- remake the model because we're, we're living in very different times and yeah. technology is adapting and and progressing at such a rate that i mean what i learned in first year university does not apply now no. all these years later it's it's just 
it's not a sustainable way yeah. to um, to keep up. And I would also add to that, um, you know, I do find that I hope that no one is deterred from trying to get into the tech industry because they don't have a background in tech or even mm. because it's um, in my experience the tech industry is very interested in people who think differently. Absolutely. And from different backgrounds, like different experiences. It is, they're so welcoming. And that's something that um, I think is really cool about Access, really. I mean, Mm -hmm. they're a very, um, you know, powerful company. um, And everybody is so good at their job. (laughs) I bet. It's... (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I just think they're working at such a high standard, you know, mm. um, and everybody is so smart, and uh, but they're always interested in, in my opinion, in people that are newer in their career. Um, they want um, creative thinking. Mm-hmm. Diversity of thought is what helps propel organizations yeah. forward. Yeah. You know, it's time for. Tech tips. So what is the good online tool that you use on the daily to help stay organized? Because I know there's many moving pieces to project management. What keeps you centered? And even if it's not a tool, maybe like a best process that you use. Like maybe you're like a huge fan of like meditation and that's how you keep yourself grounded Mm -hmm. or something. I draw a lot. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. um, I think it's pivotal because there's so many systems that we work with Um, I need to know how information is moving between those systems the connectivity and I need to be able to identify or at least ask what the impacts are so if we change something here and I know that there's data moving from A to B if we change Mm -hmm. something in A How's that going to affect B? Mm-hmm. And who do I need to talk to? Do they have time? <laughs> yeah. You know, so where are we going to get the money? Are these like diagrams? Yeah, and, like and maybe I just visual maps of yeah, the process. And mm. I do not use, um, you know, I have used Visio for for a, an official capacity, but I am just about pen and paper and asking stupid questions (laughs) to people working in DevOps, Infra, the developers, so that I can keep it all straight. Um, So I'd say that is the most helpful thing. And I really don't know um, how people can get by without that, without a visual. Well, especially when you work with so many moving pieces and if one little thing changes, Mm -hmm. like it's that big trickle down effect or the domino effect that if something changes, like, there could be seven different things down the line that then need to be adapted to that. Correct. And so. then when you think about the actual business impact of that, you yeah. know, it's like if you really want to look at your mistake, start attaching numbers to that mistake. Yeah. This is how much Oof. money we lost. Jeez. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So and such yeah. a project manager you are. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Eh? Learning all the cool tips and tricks. But it's, it's very true, especially in like insurance mm-hmm. realm. You know, you're not just dealing with you know numbers on a paper you're dealing with people's lives and that's that's really important and uh you know you guys are doing a lot of really great work at access so that's that's always exciting to see 
Yeah, and thank you so yeah. much. Thank you so much for, for gracing us with your presence. Well, thanks yeah. for having me. Yeah. I love Bye. that story. I love that story about how you got into tech. That's that's a, that's, that's a those are one of my favorite oh my uh, favorite to ask, especially with people from non technical backgrounds, because everyone's always like, "Oh yeah, I went to high school. I took a computer science class. Mm -hmm. I really liked coding games, and now I work within gaming." I'm like, "That's cool," but I like it when people are like, "Yeah, I have a degree in like." I don't know, like physiology, and now I work for like a tech company, mm -hmm. and I'm like, that's really cool. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, you're yeah. not boring. We'll see what. <laughs> Thank God. No, you're not Pisces boring. Pisces never are. Uh, no, <laughs> that's not a re that's not the problem with Pisces. <laughs> no, well, they're a problem. That <laughs> yeah, that's where we end it. <laughs> but uh, in all seriousness, thank you. I appreciate it a oh, lot. Thanks for having me. This was a crazy experience yeah. for me. <laughs> thanks for tuning in to All Hands on Tech. Interested in learning more? Visit us on our website at www.digitalnovascotia.com. We'll see you next time. This has been a Podstarter production. production.